I was scared. I was scared. I was scared too. You're listening to. I was scared too. Michael Myers. Freddy Krueger. Chucky. The Leprechaun. Take it away, Mr. Movies. Get in hell, kid cinema. Scared again. Welcome to I Was Scared Too, the podcast about horror movies. Yeah. I am your co host, Mr. Movies. I'm Kid Cinema. Together we are Mr. Movies. Mr. Movies and Cinema. Cinema. Or Or Kid Cinema. Kid Cinema and And Mr. Movies. Mr. Movies. (laughs) Yes. It was already hard to get that um, in sync back in the day. Oh, yeah. Definitely harder now. Remote. Yes. We are not the. uh, musical duo that we used to be. Yeah. We're not... Who are some famous musical duos? You got oh, Tony geez. Bennett and Lady Gaga. Yep. You um, got... Stevie Nicks and Lindsey Buckingham. Yep, yep. And those are it. Those are the only two duos that's, ever. I think that's it. So today we're going to talk about a movie, if you guys can believe it. That's right. Uh, yes. I believe the first movie that we've covered that has an oscar uh a nominee correct the last movie we talked about was a um a makeup award winner american yes. werewolf in london but today someone with brought home the hardware the gold kathy bates and joining us to talk about it is a great old friend it's josh rubin hi hello so josh. josh frank sinatra's hologram that's another great duo frank sinatra and oh, his hologram yes. Oh, sorry, Celine Dion and Frank Sinatra's. Oh, yes. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. They're, are they your favorite duo, would you say? Yeah. Hands down. Hands down. Awesome. We've well, gotten that... used to the hologram thing by now, right? Remember when Tupac happened and it was like an ordeal? I feel like now everybody's like, yeah, why not? Go for it. Oh, yeah. They, they did, didn't they like the NWA reunite at Coachella and they had like Easy or someone? The whole Sounds game. right. Wow. But um, yeah, so Josh, thanks for joining us. How are you doing today? Thanks for having me. Great. I'm coming to you live from a dark closet in Los Angeles, California, as fires burn and smokes inhaled. <laughs> oh, Perfect time my. to talk horror as I'm living in a real horror. Oh, yeah. yeah. Now, has the outside inf- infected your brain or you, you sound pretty positive and chipper? Oh, I'm always a positive, <clears throat> positive little boy because I'm on TikTok now, you know, at oh, yeah. stuff. So, hey. Um, life couldn't be better. Do you ever, I'm on TikTok as well. Do you ever feel like it's a trap? Yes. I feel like a bunch of 13 year olds looking at me going, don't, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> One of them told me, I'm going to need you to log off because I spoke negatively of a wrestler he likes. Which wrestler? Adam Cole, <laughs> baby. Oh, of course. And then. Oh man. DDP, my guy, Don <laughs> Dallas Page back He's when I played. Too- Whatever that was. Have you tried his yoga program? Oh my God. I've heard about it. He has the perfect uh, uh, anatomical structure for it with, you know, the whole diamond thing. Oh, it's great. His whole approach is this ain't your mama's yoga. I'm a guy. I'm like a man. And here's why it's because the names of the positions are more masculine. (laughs) Yeah. Downward dog. Pretty much Uh the only. Also, my knee, my back. My knees, my back. Ow. <laughs> my favorite part is like he'll do these like videos and he's like, you know, there's older people who've had various injuries and he'll just be like, Sheila, do a modification. Like, Sheila, 
Sheila, you're not ready to do a, a, that pose. Sheila, and then he, he'll quit. He'll leave. He'll go out and help Sheila, and it's very loving and uh, cool. Oh my god! I bet he's just a love. They should make an about Schmidt oh, with DDP. Wow. I mean, he's a, he's an incredibly positive person. There, uh, there's a documentary called The yeah. Resurrection Resurrection of Jake the Snake, where it's all it's all about him uh, putting him through like his system and like rehab, and he's pretty much saved Jake's life. It's it's. Yeah, it's very Aww. nice, very sweet. He's one of the few people in professional wrestling that I'm like, okay, that's actually genuinely through and through a good person. No, you're all good people. You're all just lovely. We are. Yes, I am technically in the wrestling biz. I was an, a ring announcer at one Kaiju Big Battle show. I blew that's my right. voice out instantly. <laughs> I made an off-color joke. It was um, About- it was uh, it, it was fun to get thirty bucks for, and I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. I don't need to try and do this. <laughs> but yeah, Joe. So um. We are going to talk about Misery, a great movie today with you. But first, uh, Josh, you are uh, the, you have a movie coming out. I have a movie coming out. I have um, I made a <laughs> damn horror yeah. movie at the beginning of 2019. Uh, <clears throat> started going in production in October. The movie's called Scare Me. It stars Aya Cash, now yes. from The Boys. Stormfront, check it out. She's <laughs> badass in it. Chris Red, Saturday Night Live, and... Uh, uh, I think his I think his his upcoming horror movie is called uh, The Bronx versus ooh, Vampires, ooh. which looks incredible. It might be Vampires versus the Bronx. I should know this. And myself and Becky uh, Drysdale, no who's way. hysterical yeah. in it, coming to Shutter. We went to Sundance. We were like the only only movie that went to a film festival. <laughs> Not the only movie. One of the only, wow, what a distinction. Only film festival. That- <laughs> yeah, got to see each other, and it's coming to Shutter on yeah. October first. I caught wind of it a, a few months back, I guess, whenever Sundance was, and I've been pumped ever since. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to it. No, yeah, there, there is another scare oh, me that's um, <laughs> tanking the box yep. of IMDb uh, yep. score. Um, it's like, wow, this campfire movie with all the tits <laughs> yeah. sure sucks. Yep. And it's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, oh, I, I was looking it up because I saw somewhere, because I think if you Google your movie, it, it says like it's available because to stream because that one's available to stream, and it's really annoying. Right, <laughs> right. So, uh, lesson learned. <laughs> now, you know? if there's ever a legal issue because of this, Josh, are you willing to rename the movie "Live, Die, Repeat"? <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Cool. Absolutely. Bruce Willis is the voice. Yeah. Is oh, the voice wow. in the movie? Well, there you go. now you mentioned Sundance, Josh. That actually brings me to one of the questions I wrote and prepared. Is Sundance cool? Uh. Oh God, I'm gonna sound so pretentious. Like, no, it's not. I'll say this: the coolest part. I think anybody will say this. You had to do like all these. Well, it was optional to do all these. Like Sundance will provide you with all these before you come. Talk to this committee. We'll have a little Zoom hang or a Skype, and we'll just tell you what to expect. It's gonna be <laughs> crazy, but honestly, like even if it feels overwhelming, like the best part is hanging out with your friends. And I was just like, oh my God, get me out of here already. But it turned out that the best part truly was renting a place that had a little hot tub and bringing all my buddies and people that helped on the movie. Like we had my composers were there, Chris Maxwell and Phil Hernandez and my now fiance, Lauren sick, my buddy, Charlie McQuaid, who reads everything that I do. And I read everything of his and we all just, the best part was hanging out at this little place and like having a hot tub and, you know, and my, my cinematographer and his, uh, his, um, 
fiance with her too, Brendan Banks and Kelly. And it was just, that was the best part because going to going into town, so to speak is insane. It's fun to go for your own stuff and interviews and everything. But I was in this like privileged position because we were bought by shutter before wow. we went. So it was like, we were so swept along and it's like, you know, I I think it's a little it's a little overhyped, but I'm so grateful. It's really fucking cool to have gotten in, and then you know, hey, we find it was a super spreader event, and uh, you know, and now we're home. Now you mentioned friends, but you did not mention E or Drama or Turtle. Is that because you consider them family or? Correct. Yo 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 totally yeah, fam forever, dude. And again, awesome. you are engaged, so I don't want to pry too much, but please tell me you had a three way in that yeah. tub. Oh, girl, me, my composers, oh, yeah. my fiance. There was a couple of fucking owls. So it's like a seven way then. <laughs> Snow owl. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, wow. let's see, that's one. Well, what does one one does a way become an orgy? What's the number limit there? Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess once you're north yeah. of four, because after four, like, what are you going to say? I had a oh, pentagon. Wow. Ooh. You know? Well, maybe it has some. That's actually cool. It should you should call it a pentagon. A pentagon. Is a pentagon like a political sex orgy or like <laughs> a, a, a a cult sex orgy or both? Well, pentagram. That's a pentagram. That's a Damn pentagram. It. Yeah, a pentagon is where you, Mattis, and just like five other north of five other politicians just but fuck maybe them it's all a matter the difference between way and orgy is less about numbers and more about um how those numbers commingle like if it's everybody like mm-hmm. if they're all in different sex like that like there's five people over here five people over there that's an orgy but if we're all inter like it's hard to get that type of intermingling when the numbers get that high mm-hmm. but if you pull it off i think you can call it a right. way right becomes an infrastructure yeah. Yeah, yeah. Infrastructure. <laughs> short answer is it was fun. I met Leonard oh, Malton. Wow. Leonard Malton and his daughter interviewed me, and I was like, "This is th- that was maybe the coolest part." Um, very. And cool. I'm sure you've you've been doing this a lot lately. But if you want to just give us a quick log line to for for scare me, I think uh, that would be appropriate. Oh yeah. Sure. Uh, haven't had to oh. do this yet, so this is a good practice for all the all the press <laughs> to come. About two strangers, Fred and Fanny, who tell scary stories in a uh, 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 in the dark of the Catskills cabin. But um, uh, Fred's biggest fear of all is realized when he finds that Fanny is a better storyteller Hell than he yeah. is. So, basically, about uh, gender yeah. dynamics and emasculated man in the face of a far more talented oh. woman. Which kind of I did want to say, Josh. I've known you for a while, kind of through like UCB and New York stuff, and it, you were kind of one of the first. Few, I was like a young, boy, I was a wee little lad, and you were kind of one of. The, especially when <laughs> I look back at UCB, and sometimes it's like, oh no wonder I was messed up. There was no good role models, but uh, not to blame anyone. But I, I think too, it's cool that I feel like early on you were very uh, outspoken about certain things that other people were like, I don't know, if that's really like a thing we need to worry about, you know. And I just think it's very cool and noble of you. So. Thank you very much for saying that. I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, yeah, I think it was being raised by a lot of women. I have a dad, and he's great, but predominantly female family with sisters and great aunts and regular aunts and mom. Uh, but also just, uh, you know, I had a lot, I had more female friends than dude friends because a lot of guys, you know, most dudes are <laughs> shitty and they want to fight. 
especially when you start talking about Antifa. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think that that was a big part of it. And uh, UCB, for what it's worth, I'll just say, I my, my experience of it, short of being a thread still with my old sketch group, Anassis, mm-hmm. who I love, was to kind of check in and check out. I, I My punch card, you know, I'd come in, I'd rehearse, I'd laugh, I'd chill with everybody, but I wouldn't live right. it. You know, I thought that was kind of important yeah, too, yeah. that you realize you got to do your Absolutely. own thing, you know? I remember too. You 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 always did a wonderful Jeff Bridges. Yeah, impression. man. So it's always a great like. Let the sketch go as long as it needs. If Josh is doing Jeff, oh Ruben or Jeff Bridges. I can't. Oh God, this is terrible. I can't remember the writer. Ugh, I have to. I have to find out. It's some... was it Achilles or? Oh, no, there was a dude in my no. sketch group who was just a writer who wrote a Jeff Bridges sketch about Jeff Bridges at a concert, listing out his writer. <laughs> Well, a cabin, a guy and a girl, and the the idea of competing stories, that sounds similar to the movie we're discussing today. Obviously different, but similar. That's true. That's true. When James Bond's character lies about, uh, you know, where uh, that he that he left the uh, left the bedroom. Misery. Now, have, have, have I, this is my uh, first time seeing yeah. this movie, and I loved it. Um, it's also one of these classic things of just like, Watching it going, I know the beats of this because a couple <laughs> yeah. sitcoms have parodied this. So it's like, okay, or maybe on TV. Um, but what's your guys' experience with this movie or history? Uh, um, it's one of those that I've seen in piecemeal over the years and similarly put together through um, sitcoms. And then I sat down and watched it from beginning to end for the first time like a month ago. Um, wow. Wow. Yeah. All right, I'm I'm 37 uh-huh. years old. I saw this movie on video on VHS when I was way too <laughs> yeah. young. That's my favorite. Whenever a guest rewatching... says that they watch something too young, that's the best. That's I love that. Oh yeah, it's the be- I'm listening to a lot of uh, <clears throat> Scott Wampler and Eric Vespi's podcast, The King uh-huh. Cast, right now, and everything oh, is about cool. Stephen yeah. King stuff. I'm trying to remember like my first you know, dip into Stephen King and it might've been this movie. And, and I remember, I think I was watching it with like a neighbor who was babysitting me, this older Israeli woman who I think we both agreed on like rewinding the part. When he got oh awful. God. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I, was so young, but I was like, yeah, rewind it again. <laughs> I was like one of the kids who was like, because I had an older brother and sister who loved horror movies, my sister more so, you know, we would watch like Freddie and Jason movies and they were like kind of cartoons, certainly Freddie in a way. And this one is kind of like another one of those movies I'd rewind and be like, how do they do that? So like, you know, I think this was, uh, this might've been my first King movie, but I, I really, I think even for being a young kid, I kind of got that it was creepy and, and fucked up. And I think, I think I enjoyed it. I didn't realize that she was nominated. If not one, did she win? Cause I kind of bit my tongue as I was introducing I that idea because I couldn't remember myself. She did. I did look up a fun fact is like she was like nowhere near the first choice. Like a lot oh, yeah. of big deal actors turned down like Bette Midler yeah. was, uh, said no. Yeah. Angelica Houston was like going to do it, but then had to do the grifters, I believe. And it was the theater and, actor um, who I guess, I guess Rob Reiner saw on Broadway and was like, we need to, we need to put her in it. She's just brilliant. I also, um, I mean, she's, she was not to be a whole, She's very attractive in this movie. I was, I was, this is a weird. Wow. <laughs> ah, okay. Huh. okay. Kath, yeah, yeah yes, it was so very, Kathy very pretty. Looking good. Very Annie Wilkes is kind of a babe. 
She's kind of a babe. Also, a fun side note: Do you guys know about the 2015 Broadway production of? Yes, Mary? Bruce Willis and Laurie Metcalf. No, but that sounds yeah. good as hell. I guess at one point, yeah, yeah, originally or as an earlier point, it was going to be Julia mm. Roberts as Annie what? Wilkes. But I think Stephen King was like, absolutely not. That yeah, was, that doesn't. That is not going to work. And confirmed, she did win. Confirmed, she won. Yeah, she did. Hey, God good bless. for her. One sure. more side note before we get back into it. I think I just came up with a great mm. tagline for this episode. I want to get you guys' uh, opinions on it. Kings <laughs> talking king. Uh, um, I'm looking yeah. around the Zoom. I see Fesh yeah. is a king. Josh is a king. I hate to call myself a yeah. king, but I feel like a bit of a king, king, king. All right, yeah, well, that's the tagline. This movie is cool. because Again, this came out in 1991, 1990. Yeah, so uh, I think that's before Batman Returns, okay. you know, my my everything is before <laughs> Batman Returns and after. Uh, so yeah, that 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 is the year I was born, and so it is. In, yeah, and it is interesting to look back at, at that stuff to be like, because this movie is essentially you know release the Snyder cut the movie, and for it to have been that on the pulse of toxic fan syndrome oh, back yeah. then is very cool. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's interesting because I feel, uh, speaking of priests release the Snyder Cut, release the Snyder Cut attitude, like, even in, like, It, you know, and I know the the movie came out, you're wearing the shirt, but, like, the whole thing of, like, the endings are always bad to your books. Why aren't the endings good? You know, the right, the one James McAvoy's character is an adult, you know, and I assume it's in the book. Well, it's it's also that kind of just general thing. That's oh, it's interesting to go back and look at things um, pre-Batman Returns that, uh, that are about that notion of like SNL sucks every year for every generation whose SNL's cast has passed. Like, uh, yeah, they never know how to end the sketches is a theme that's been around since the start of that show. Yeah. The idea that Stephen King's endings have sucked every, you know, it's, it's an ever present complaint of just it's inherent in being a fan is that you're also going to hate things about it. And I, to be honest, this is crazy. You mentioned SNL fetch. I have to call myself out. I used to be a hater. I, I watched the att- yeah. one of the attention and teachers and students skits yeah. on YouTube you a half hour you ago. Loved it. it was very funny. Yeah. Five years ago or seven years ago, I think I was like, "This is lame," and now I'm like, "This is great." Well, it's How what I was saying in this? the in our American Werewolf in London uh, episode, where it's like, "Well, art isn't necessarily inherently for the moment it's released. Like, you gotta let stuff uh, exist." Josh, when is the perfect time for art? Two <laughs> uh, thirty, dentist <laughs> yeah, yeah. time. That's when I have my appointment. That's my favorite <laughs> joke in the world is 2.30. That is my... It's such I a bad it. joke. My uh, actually costume designer on Scare Me kept resetting my watch. He was the other who also was doing oh, like sure. continuity. Uh, we, were a t- cool. we were a tiny one uh, production. And he was like, I was like, Sean, what time is it? He's like, 2.30. <laughs> End his time. He just walk away. This great raspy yeah. voice. He'd just be in and out. Punch, great delivery. And that's the best time for art. Well, what's coming up for us at least? I know you got the California advantage out there, but over here we're almost dentist time. Oh yeah, Josh, are you aware of the California advantage? Oh, that being early, being earlier in time, so I can <laughs> yes. address my mistakes before they exactly. happen in New York. Absolutely, yes. <laughs> you wake up early and go, "Oh no, I'm in a lot of trouble." But wait, I have the three-hour California advantage. Whew! Yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Terrific. <laughs> wow. So Paul King's Sheldon is a, is, is Stephen King, right? <laughs> That's 
I mean, I don't know. That's a thing that people always ascribe to um, him when he has an author and things, and I think it's probably fair. But would you say a hundred percent of the authors in Stephen King works, uh, Stephen King's work, are supposed to be analogs for him, or is it just simply he doesn't know anything else anymore? So I a bit he he also just he's pretty nonstop and like works like a crazy amount, but he also does seem to be someone who is very much like. I mean, I know like he's talked about like when writing The Shining, he's like, yeah, I had no idea how blatantly I was saying I'm an alcoholic until years later. Like my pain, my misery, my suffering was like shooting through and I wasn't even aware of it until later. He definitely talked about or that he talked about writing in a, in a drunken or coke infused like flurry, like the Tommy Knockers, which apparently is banana, like cuckoo banana birds insane. And um, Cujo, like Cujo, yeah. he was just totally fucked up from the entirety of it. Which, if you read it, I, I think I got through a quarter of it a while ago. I have to pick it back up, but it's just like, from what I can remember, before you get to the dog attacking them in the car, there's like a cereal that kills people, like a poison okay. cereal with a red dye in it that like poisons kids. It's it's a uh, yeah. I think he just the free writing is really phenomenal. But misery, this book is out of this world if you guys haven't mm. read it the book is so fucking good oh, yeah. um and he actually goes into paul sheldon's uh uh the book that he's writing to stave annie wilkes from killing him he writes the he writes the misery the yeah. misery book um he's sort of forcing his his hand to write and you sort of do that it's oh, crazy. It, you you kind of read the book he's writing wow. yeah he you you go into the chapter so he sort of you know it's like the write what you know thing like the pain and trauma and, and emotions. And he's also writing, I think in like a bit of a morphine days as well. Cause she's keeping him drugged, uh, which is oh, a big yeah. part of that movie or a big part of that book. And I guess mm-hmm. a little bit of the movie, but they really lean into it in the uh, movie um, or in the book rather. And in the book too, she chops his legs off his feet with a sledgehammer. Whoa. That's gotta hurt. <laughs> it's gotta hurt. If you guys had to lose a body part, what body part would you lose? I think I think my dick and my eyes. Both. Well, I only so, you know, said one, Josh. Jeez. Oh no, no, my dick, my eyes, and all my and my feet and my eyes. It seems like I, I asked a question where you had to, and you're like getting to by yeah. the way you're answering. Yeah, my, dick, my eyes, and all my feet, all my feet, all two my feet. It was also like you only have to pick one. It's like, well, here's a couple things I'm not happy with, and just if we're getting rid of stuff, why not just take it? Take my eyes too, you know. No, seriously, take my eyes. <laughs> this is this is related to a question Fesh and I talked about walking down the street one time of like uh, if you could get rid of not having to do one daily task like wipe your ass, shower, like it would magically solve itself. Pee, We're not just saying stop doing. <laughs> yes. Oh, I think all the time, dude. Food, food man. Yes. Don't eat. You save yes. so much money. That's that's such a good option yeah we're getting tired sleeping uh, well but then my answer was wipe my ass although i do kind of like the way it feels sometimes <laughs> oh wait i can still finger my asshole that's not off the table great <laughs> i choose not eating well i bought a tushy so i never have to <laughs> i never have to do that ever again you know i bought a tushy Ooh. is is that a bidet or is that a thing that like how does that work uh well you you it's a little panel with a knob on it and there's a little there's a little hose nozzle and fires a little string of water in your tush town, and then that way you you cut down your toilet paper use by eighty percent, 
And um, it's great for the environment, great for your How your much bong. are these tushies going for? I, I got to pick one of these up. Like one, I don't know, 133, okay. 46, yeah, or something yeah. like that. Maybe when we get the Josh Rubin bump on this podcast, we can get Tushy to sponsor us and really hardball them to send us this Tushy. This isn't brought to you by Tush? Tush Town? Um, it's off and on. They kind of, they don't have a committed sponsorship in place. You're not making that Mark Marin cash on this podcast, dude? That Joe Rogue floche? I think the problem is we haven't gotten into enough altercations with former friends. We haven't talked so. about our uh, sexually harassing female <laughs> comedians enough. We haven't had enough Milo Viandatopopoulos. Well, we, we, we just thought about it the other day. We were thinking maybe that's the, the controversy we need. I was telling my dad, like, yeah, so, like, you know, we both kind of book guests, Fesh and I, but, like, you know, we have veto power. If it's like, hey, I don't really feel like we have that. We have bad beef, me and that person. Let's not do it. My dad goes. Isn't it important to have diversity of thought, though? Hey, Bill Maher has Republicans on his show every yeah. time, and it's pretty great. Yeah, well, shit. Let's get some Republicans. Fuck fresh. yeah, dog. That sounds good. Again, I've been saying this. Yeah, we'll have them on our Red State episode, right? Every, everything that we don't really want to do but we bring up, yeah, that'll be on the Red State episode. So there you go. Yeah, Kevin Smith's yeah. Red State. Which I still haven't seen. Wait, I'll it's save okay. it for the pod. Yeah, yeah, but we'll talk about it. I also, speaking of books... Uh, when you were talking about the, the book within a book in Misery, the book, um, I was reminded of this very strange Dave Eggers book I read. And I had to look up because it's a long title. Your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? And it's oh only written in dialogue, like back and forth. There's no like scene descriptions or anything. And it's this guy who was like a former soldier who has like who's just so traumatized. And he's like kidnapped his neighbor from childhood who he thinks that guy's dad maybe did some molestation but it's just it's kind of it's intense because like by the end you're like this guy is just deranged like what he thinks happened probably didn't happen uh, yeah it's just uh it's heavy and similar to misery those are rough ones there, there's a there's a movie if you, if you if you love that style of storytelling and you love that that intensity of plot uh check out prisoners and uh there's a there's a, a movie called Oh gosh, no, maybe I am gonna fuck it up. There's a Nick Nolte movie. I, is it Desperation? Oh, it might be. Anyway, check out a Nick Nolte movie that ends in the word uh, "ation" because uh, I think that's about basically a crossing guard that thinks that um, there's a big conspiracy in his town and there just isn't. And it's just brutal. He's just watching someone mentally ill. Just kind of rabbit hole, you know. Enjoy. So how we feel about James Con? Good actor, right? He's a good actor. He was really good in this. Uh, I just yeah. read Barry Sonnenfeld's autobiography. Mm. So did Jay-Z I read that too. Dude, well, by the way, not as great as I wanted it to be. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like, and my mom made and burn more steak. It's like, I get it. You don't like your parents. Like, tell me more, Penny Mom. Yeah. And um, apparently they hated, there's a really good podcast I think he did with Mark Maron. Yes, that's why I bought the book. Yes. I listened to it. Yeah, okay. It. So they hated James Kahn so much that I guess like James Kahn was like, hey, where do you want me to go? And they spit on the floor and were like right there, James. Like it's not almost like you're bullying James Kahn. <laughs> but apparently Whoa. James Kahn was such a piece of shit that they were like, they'd rather spit on the floor than put a mark down for him. I mean, one interesting thing I read, it's, it's so funny because it sounds like no matter who they chose, they were going to get a difficult man for this movie. <laughs> because Warren Beatty was like really close, 
but had I guess Dick Tracy post production made him unavailable. But his whole thing is like, we're gonna have to change this though, because this guy's kind of a pushover. Like, I kind of need Christ. he should be a little tougher. Like, if he's gonna be, I don't know if she should break his legs, because then he's just sitting there taking shit, and that's not really a good look for me. God, yo, I want to do this thing where in the end I'm at least bashing this woman's head into into the floor. Yeah. We need at least 10 minutes to really bash the head in, you know, because because she's been fucking with him for a while. And it, the... yeah, I'm just going to keep going if that's cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. This is a Rob Reiner movie. I always forget that. Rob Reiner, it's... dude. Rob Reiner had a run, man. Rob yeah. Reiner is phenomenal. out of control. And then once North hit, it kind of went south. But right. <laughs> just so good. North's at least interesting, though. There's it's a weird little movie. Yeah. It's bad, oh. but. And Kathy Bates is in brownface in it, so that's a bummer. But... Oh my! Yeah, she plays an Inuit, and it's rough. Ooh, I'm oh, not no. Inuit. Yeah. Um, I one of the first movies I watched in quarantine was a, a Criterion Collection version of Princess Bride mm-hmm. that I'd had for and just hadn't got around to, and it like it totally saved my day or week even maybe. Yeah. It's just such a oh, delightful... it's so delightful. It's wonderful. It's just so damn good. Yeah, what a what a run Rob Reiner was on. Um, and they're, what I like about them is that, uh, they're all completely different genres. Oh yeah. It's phenomenal. A few good men the dude did. Yeah. Un- oh yeah. Unreal. Uh, when Harry met Sally, it was just like, uh, I hated it the first time I tried to watch it. Cause I was like, this Billy Crystal guy is so annoying. Uh, this is, the, this is everything wrong with men. And then I watched it again a couple months ago. I was like, oh, this oh, is phenomenal. Yeah. That's the point. Yeah. <laughs> and this is like people change over like 10 to 20 years. And it's love. Correct. Correct. <laughs> he had such a great run. Oh, I actually yeah. got to direct him, which is crazy. He was in a podcast Whoa. called The Last Degree of Kevin Bacon. I directed this. Oh, that Jay yeah, Abramson yeah. wrote. Yeah. And he, he was uh, so fucking rad. And he was, you know, he was like kind of, he's an older dude. And he's kind of like a little all, all over the place. But I, you know, oh, like yeah. kind of pitching ideas. But, you know, my, my proudest moment was because it was an audio narrative, we would use props on occasion. And so there was one sort of beat where he was like, you know, he had mentioned two in and out bags. And so I, I prepped these two paper bags with like burgers in them for him to interact with. And it was one of the funnier moments of his scene where these two in and out bags crunch and he picked them up and like grabbed them and dropped them on the floor. And it just was like, <laughs> I don't know. I just, I was just like I got to direct Rob Ryan. He stayed like Trump for five minutes afterwards. And it was just fucking lovely. <laughs> now, Josh, when you direct, you because you, you, I assume you just said Rob Reiner, and I assume you've directed some pretty big deal people. Probably, and you're also a big fan of movies and everything. So I'm sure sometimes you are a fan of the person. Oh, yeah. Is it has was it ever difficult for you to like separate those two? I get extremely nervous before I direct pretty much anything. Um, uh, unless it's like a soul sucking commercial. Um, and I just did this movie, this ensemble, I just did another horror movie, an ensemble horror movie called um, Werewolves Within with a cast of people, like all of which who I'm obsessed with. Uh, Sam Richardson is our lead. Kayla oh, Watkins, cool. Michael oh. Chernus, Cheyenne Jackson, Harvey Guillen from What We Do in the Shadows. So I would, yeah. I was just freaked the hell out. Like my God, you know, what if, what if, one of these person has, you know, one of the, one of these people has like a personality thing or whatever. Everybody was so fucking lovely, first of all. But second of all, you know, you you get over the uh, 
you get over the fear pretty quick because it's, it's super important. John Bat John Batum, um, who did Short Circuit and um, War Games, just wrote a book and did a great interview on Film Riot. You guys should listen to where he talks about getting to know the actor before you get on a set is so crucial. Mm. I made sure not only for casting to do what I call asshole checks, and I played <laughs> in my casting. I said to Gail Keller, um, who's a great casting director, I said I I will not be quiet if if someone's a dick or if someone's a bully um and i i i, I won't put up with it <clears throat> and i want you to be real with me and and tell me if you know any of these people who i'm super into and she was she was great and she was like look i've heard stories about x y or z person but this person's love is so i basically just went through most of my friends anyone who's a buddy first of all who i could get through and then also who just was lovely and so you get you get that past that hurdle and then you get on the phone with them and you talk to them and you say, talk a little bit about how you want to work with them. So Kevin Bacon and I had to talk or so screening me before I was going to direct him for 10 episodes. Um, I didn't have to do that with Matt Walsh who, who played opposite him. Um, he and I had sort of crossed paths before and he's just sort of, you know, down for whatever, but Kevin Bacon's a big deal. And, you know, and right. said, Hey, yeah. look, don't, you know, this is new for me. I haven't done this sort of thing before. Um, I don't want to talk anything to death. And I was like, no, 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 no. This is just, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm here to guide you and to make it as funny as possible and bring the audio humor out and the soundscape out and let's do it. And so there's a little bit of nerves that happened there. I obviously didn't get on the phone with Rob Reiner who came and do a cameo, but I just sort of, you know, bring him in. I say, just read it. Let's hear what it sounds like. Oh, Hey, on this moment, want to try this thing. Give me a little effort. If you're opening the door, like make us hear it. It's like doing a cartoon. And then they, they either say, no, I don't want to do that. Or I want to, you know, do it even better. What if I do this? You just kind of, you know, it's all about collaboration and building on it and people's psychology. And it, it usually nets out pretty well. If you get a James Conn though, or a, <laughs> you know, I don't know who the other infamous shitheads are, but I, I just, you know, I can't, I can't imagine. Oh, sure. that. Mickey Rourke. That's yeah, Mickey Rourke. Oh, I wouldn't, gosh. I just wouldn't do it. You know, I just wouldn't do it. Not one life to live. You wouldn't do it for a million dollars. That's what they call fuck you, yeah, Mickey Josh. <laughs> Even I know about that. I'm like, fuck you, Mickey. <laughs> Yell at me. Oh, my my dad's whole career is fucking money. <laughs> uh, also, my dad looks like James yeah. Con. Like young, my dad Whoa. is James Con. Like especially like the Godfather era and uh, what, or what Run Rabbit dad, Run. What business and... is your dad? Is the gar- the recycling? He is a chemical engineer who like got into the oil industry. Oh my god! And he is, he he's pretty like open to discussing anything politically, and he's like a good human, I'd yeah. say. But like he fundamentally like will not accept like climate. He doesn't want to be admit that he's part of an uh-huh. industry that has maybe destroyed the world. And he's in California. He like saw the orange sky as it goes. This is just a strange year. This happens sometimes. Oh my god! As he's just like melting it's on like, an iceberg in the middle of the. Uh... <laughs> yeah, he's like, I like to be. I'm not negative like you and your sister. Okay, <laughs> I like to be in a pot. I think we get. A, I think we're getting a little carried away, and we're not thinking about how expensive these windmills are going to cost us. So I'm like, okay. Anyway, yeah. I just threw out a whole bunch of batteries. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't smell right. Batteries don't smell, Dad. I know what I smelt. Um, but do I give off Scott Con vibes? That was one of my questions. Oh yeah, I dude. Hawaii Five O, dude. Yeah. Hey. Um, well, you're Seven. nine inches taller than him, JZT. So. I am. I am. 
Uh, Josh, I think when when you and I knew each other, I was around five nine, but now I'm six foot nine. Whoa! Yeah, and that's because nine of those inches are confidence. Okay. No, nine of those inches are God lifting me up. Now I have a God now, a higher power, and he lifts it's me Tony up. Tony Robbins just now you're standing on the shoulders of God. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. shoulders of God. Me and Tony, I'm walking down the street, say, "Who else is at my eye line for once?" Oh, it's Tony hey, Robbins. Up, I didn't know we were neighbors. Uh, Tony, you know, just kind of walking the dog, looking for inspiration. Yo, yo, am I right? <laughs> oh, you are right, Tony. Yo, yo, indeed. <laughs> and then he slips and falls, oh. and um, uh-huh. and cries. <laughs> oh, the only one there to watch him die. That was God's will for me. I had to slip. I was wearing a very, very slippery <laughs> loafer. I'm also just imagining like a, a Royal Tenenbaums-esque voiceover, like. And that's how John was the only person to see him die. And I'm just like crying, like, I love you, Tony, and you love me. I don't know. He couldn't believe that Tony Robbins' dentures fell out. <laughs> Tony, your dentures. Okay. Um. <laughs> All right. So misery. Yeah, so these, the, so the misery books within this movie are a series of, w- 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 they look like romance novels, but they don't seem to to be. It's like, oh, the, the, well, I, yeah, if you read the Wikipedia for Annie Wilkes, it says she's obsessed with romance. Oh, okay. So they, yes. But, like, also murder mystery yeah. romances? Oh, you dirty bird. <laughs> Such a great moment in the book in the beginning when when Paul Sheldon gets in the car accident and he's sort of, mm-hmm. like, he's unconscious, but he's, he's cognitively, cognitively aware of whoever this strong... Um, this this burly figure is in the blizzard giving me CPR. How stinky their breath is! Like bribing <laughs> her, like cat food and peanut butter, like bad breath as she was like, spittily giving him CPR. Um, and it was re- or mouth to mouth, and it it's just just those minor descriptions, knowing like having the experience of having read the book, but it was, it's just like going re watching the shining first and then reading the shining or watching misery pretty much my whole life. And I watch misery probably once a year and then reading the book, it's like you get more of the, more of the movie that you love. Like that's what it felt like for me. I wonder too, if you checking in with specific horror movies, like as you get older yourself and maybe experience different things, are there certain things that are just like, I, I, you know, I you know as a kid, you're like, oh, I wonder what that's weird. I wonder what that means. And then later, you're like, oh my god, this is like, I get. Oh, that dude, I this, I don't know how movie. much this counts. I I think Jaws is a horror movie. Um, yeah, sure, yeah. Every time I watch Jaws, I don't know if this answers your question, but it's when I was a kid, I certainly didn't get half of the existential crisis shit right. they were going through as a family, and you know, issues of masculinity and and fear and and competition and small town politics and 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 all that shit and to watch i I learned something new every time i watched that movie but i wonder if part of that was just that i just watched the shit out of it when i was a kid i mean a little kid well yeah just the whole terror of just like it's everything is it's gaslight you know it's like even in the 70s like there's no reason to shut down the beach. There's so many mayor uh, mayor memes now with Trump. You know, just like I closed the beach because I didn't want people to panic. But what's interesting about that movie, and weirdly this movie too, as well as obviously the state of things right now in the real world. But it's like we keep using the phrase "unprecedented times" as a way to just like justify not really doing anything. It seems like, <laughs> but yeah, uh, this movie again being maybe not the first 
but like a paramount example of the toxic fan or like this movie's mm. premise is well maybe not premise but one of the hooks is like oh so he gets taken in by his biggest fan so i guess things should be good she'll take care of him because she's a big fan wait a second she's crazy whereas oh, yeah. i feel like if you told a gen z kid that they'd be immediately be like oh that you would never want to be saved by your biggest fan like that's just in them <laughs> yeah. already to know not to wow that's such a that's such a great point that's such a great thank point thank you uh, yeah. But yeah, so Jaws even, I, obviously I know we were afraid of sharks at, you know, for a while, but in terms of the, the small town politics and red tape of it, like, what were we using as an example of a bad, you know, uh, political move endangering people before the mayor of Jaws, you know? Oh, uh, yeah. It's not that they didn't exist necessarily, but to have that pop culture icon it really is like a it's a shorthand it's like a new language when movies are able to introduce those things that yeah. open up a wider world for everybody to 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 both communicate and to observe so yeah if if you're in a landlocked little town uh, you know in the middle of the country and don't have that specific thing to, so yeah it's fine uh, in the uh, oh. abstract to be afraid of, of of a shark but to apply the shark to Again, small town politics, that is something you do have. There's an economy parallel, too. I mean, like, they have, we're going to open the beach because this town relies on the 4th of July economy. So it's like, holy oh, yeah. shit, you could show that to a class, you know, your Zoom class, uh, and say, everybody should watch Jaws <laughs> yeah. and talk about, you know, write a paper on the parallels of what's oh. happening today versus then. Right. And it's, it's actually, yeah, I didn't really thought of that, but it's it's exactly the same thing. Keep the economy open. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, maybe this is a little off, but like, you know, Fesh was married recently hey. in uh, Pennsylvania, uh, like Colm, Poconos, like nearby, yeah. kind of like coal country, you know, and yeah. we're driving around. It's like beautiful. And then you see these Trump, Pence, 2020 signs like, oh, no, but you meet people there. And I was I think because of it, I'm like a, a New Yorker guy. Yeah, yeah. You know? And I'm like a little on edge, but it's like, oh, everyone has been lovely yeah. and like no one is walking around screaming hateful stuff. Meanwhile, the, it's like the next weekend I go to New Jersey and like, I'm only there for, I think four hours total. And I saw way more and was in way with like the pe like dude, like none of the people in the Poconos had like MAGA shit on. And it, you could maybe I'm like just trying to make myself feel comfortable, but in the moment it felt like oh that could just be somebody paid to put that shit up. When I was in Jersey, I could see the actual civilians wearing it and not, or having it on their trucks or whatever. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, it's um, the, the Jaws is uh, you know you you'll be afraid you'll never look. What is the phrase? You'll never go back in the water. You'll be afraid to go back in the water. Thought it was you'll never go in the water. Again. Yeah, you'll never go in the water again. But again, yeah, Jaws isn't about a fear of water. <laughs> That's what it was always yeah. interesting to me. It's like the what? Like I get on the literal level. If you saw that one night and then the next day went swimming, of course you'll be scared. But like the actual <laughs> dread of that movie has nothing to do with water. You know what's weird is I did watch Jaws at a young age and it didn't quite scare me like it should have. But like I think the movie Flipper comes to mind. And there's just a scene where either a little boy or a little girl, whoever is the protagonist, is like I think it's Elijah tube. Wood. Elijah Wood, yeah, out on the inner tube in the center, and then like there's just like a shark approaching, and that scared me more. Like because the way it's shot, it's like you can't see land; it's just like flat nothingness. 
I lived near the water at that time or would go to the beach enough that I was like, what if I just kept floating and then could yeah. see where I came from? And Oh, I, I mean, like, oh, it's Donkey Kong 64, if you leave the island and you go underwater, it's just blue in, in for infinity, and that fucked me up as, like, a 10-year-old. Oh my God, you're making me think of Echo the Dolphin. You guys are probably... My dentist had Echo the Dolphin. <laughs> what? <laughs> Wait. Just in the waiting room, it's like, we have a Sega Genesis. You can play this. I was like... Oh, that rules. So I had the cleanest teeth as a kid. I just I needed to play Echo. But you're saying about Echo the Golf and Josh? I was just gonna say I th- I thought that that sh- that was scary as shit. Like orcas and sharks, and you were a dolphin. Yeah. I thought I don't know. There was something that fucked me up about Echo the Dolphin. Well, it's also it doesn't quite have the Mortal Kombat real life thing to it, but there's something about that graphics that's it's a little more unsettling than just like yeah. Mario or something. Yeah, because it it also did it was like the most realistic. It was just weird. Yeah. It looked very yeah. It was weird. Yeah. yeah. It also, I feel like it really puts you in the psychology of a, a trapped, dying animal that needs to survive. <laughs> and, it's, and it's just like, what? It's not like Sonic where it's like, go left or right. Yeah. It's just like, you are going to die if you don't figure something out. And it's like, oh. Yeah, Paul needed to figure out how to drug this crazy bitch, <laughs> grab her oh, with yeah. the knife that he found, and not put the penguin back facing due west or whatever. Oh, what wow. did you guys think as like you you, you watch it as essentially first time misery watchers? Like, what's your what was your takeaway? Barry Sonnenfeld shot it. Rob Reiner directed it. Yeah, William Goldman wrote yeah. it. Just what did you guys think of it as a movie? You know, in the day and age of you know better movies or up to date, you know, shiny new movies. Uh, oh, I think we're both of the mind. It's absolutely great, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I um I I myself personally, it's like. As someone who's, I'm now 30, and I've done a lot of work on myself in the last however many years, and only in like, a, it's like, I don't know, in a year, it's like, oh, I, I specifically mean kind of in like looking at relationships, like dating kind of, and just going like, oh, there's just all, all, you look back on certain relationships, like, oh, that was stranger doom, or, you know, you're like, why was that so weird, or what? It's like they were so nice, though. It's like, and then out of yes. nowhere, it just got weird yeah. or scary yeah. or intense. And you're like, okay, like surface is not reality. All yeah. You know, it's like that can be. If well, I'm just yeah, like, the difference between nice and good, right? Because Annie Wilkes yes, is exactly. is That's nice, great, but yeah, is, is is evil. Like, and they they pepper it throughout. I, I don't want to repeat the word, but I had to Google it at one point. She casually refers to uh, Michelangelo as a, as a, as a uh, an Italian slur. I didn't know until watching this movie. <laughs> and uh like very ca- super casually she just throws it away and i had i was like yeah. what what is, is that and it's like oh yeah that's, that's that's a slur what's that is it the g word uh it's a d word oh mm. uh, you know what who, i'm part italian i'll say it uh dago i don't know that one uh, yeah i didn't either until watching this movie but i'm like and again it might not be that big of a uh, horrible of a thing but i don't know and i don't want to but it's still just how casually tossed off it is because she just refers to Italians as that. Wow. Like, you know, it, it like there's little things like that throughout that aren't always just the big blow ups, but just like casually little things where it's like, Oh yeah, you're a sweet, uh, aesthetically person. You, you, you're, you're, um, cordial, but yeah, it's, obviously something else is going on like under all of that nice and good. Yeah. I, I love the show love on Netflix a lot. And, and maybe at one point someone was like, but like the Paul Russ character is a monster. Right. And it's, I think that's kind of by design yeah. or, and he realizes like, Oh, like he's like, Hey, Oh, you know, there's so many moments where he's just like, are you sure you like, 
feel comfortable because you you did almost relapse drinking a month ago. Like I don't want to put you in, you know, a lot of weird like nice guy toxic toxicity. Yes. Well, I would like I know we're not we're kings talking king here. So maybe this isn't the best. We're out of our depths with the following topic. But it is something where the the gender dynamics of this. If you tweak any of this around, you get a completely different movie, I feel like. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't think anybody would have watched. You wouldn't. You certainly wouldn't have the same reach or same audience if it was a, a guy who tied certainly a woman to a bed and broke her Or legs. a guy and a guy or a girl and a girl. Like, it's still – it's all going to be – To that point, like, everyone loved The Invisible Man that came out. I'm a huge – I think yeah. Elizabeth Moss is, like, an incredible actor. But I just – I watched yeah. the trailers and was like, oh. that looks so uncomfortable. And I was like – I know that's like the point and it's probably well done, but I was like just watching a woman be tortured and no one believes But that's her. what's interesting. Again, going back to the literal and the analog- analogous, but like this movie, I don't, it isn't making a claim that women and like, I don't think gender plays into the actual thrust of this movie. It's just, this is the only dynamic we could choose that would, that wouldn't immediately put, they're not saying women fans are psychos. Right, yeah. It's trying to be as neutral as possible. I suppose if you did male and male, you could as well, but there would, at least from an audience standpoint, be some expectation of harder recourse sooner. Like, he's being sympathetic to Annie the whole time because... I think because... Isn't, like, I love you, Philip Morris, kind of that? I haven't seen that Ooh, I have not seen that either. But, like, they meet in prison, They, I think Jim Carrey... But I'm saying even removing, like, it can be a guy and a guy and not be romantic still, or it could be, like, there's still plenty of toxic fans who are fans of men, but do, would they tie them up and take care of them? Like, that's still a gender role thing, in ni- you know, especially in 1990. Like, it, it is just an entirely different thing. There is a uh, Hulu movie, uh, I'm forgetting the name of, but it's a, it is, it's a woman and a woman, and it's about... She's pretty much she kidnaps a pregnant woman in hopes of stealing her baby. Oh. So she's like a wet nurse oh, for wow. her while also torturing her. That's gotta hurt. It's gotta hurt. Hurt. In what I, I wish I could recall the name of this movie, but it Deb from Napoleon Dynamite is the Annie Wilkes character, which I think is like weirdly, oh. if they were to oh. reboot Misery, that would have been a good choice as well. Um. But yeah, it's very good. It's it's also very good. It's obviously not as good as this, but it's very good. Um, but it is. It's a completely different energy because I don't want. I'm not saying they they seem to be equals from the get go. And and I'm not saying that they aren't in in real life or in or in in this scenario, but just there is a translation that needs to be spoken through. There's a veneer that gets pulled eventually when all bets are off, but uh, in in misery because he has to like play oh, along yeah. and all that stuff. Whereas it when when they are uh, the same sex and gender, uh, that ve- that veneer is at least thinner. This is also a little off topic, but I suddenly just thought of Clifford as well. Okay, with with uh, Martin, it was just like wow. that weird like. I'm I have to prove that I'm a good dad, and he's like I have to get what I want. It's just so. Such a, but like that's like them. Well, it's a similar thing because he just other. like yeah. I just want to go to dinosaur land, and she's saying I want yeah. misery to be alive. Like I, yeah. I should be able to dictate this thing uh, instead of coexist. <laughs>
She was in an Into the Dark episode Delivered, called yes. Delivered. Uh, they call that a TV show, but each episode's a different thing, and it's a feature length, so that, they're movies. But that reminds me of. Does, did anyone see? There was like a. I think Dario Argento directed it, and the guy from Wings was in it. it oh, the a, the face, the lady with the yes. face. Yeah, he's like a guy who finds a girl with like a very messed up face and like demon teeth, but like a smoking body. And then they they hook up a bunch, and that's it's like a half. This is early '90s, late '80s, so that's 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 yeah. Yeah, let's give that a green oh, light also, right away. It's the same actor in Single White Female who gets a blowjob and goes, "Oh God, oh God." That's oh, it's yeah. That's um, yeah, that's Weber, Stephen yes. Weber. Yeah, greatest blowjob scene of all of cinema, in my opinion. What are the, some other contenders? <laughs> it's a very controversial realm because yes. you got the brown bunny which is as far a kind of a crime yes um yeah boy oh boy i want to say hot tub time machine probably has a a, a, a funny blowjob sure. scene van wilder fakes you out thinks you think <laughs> you're watching a blowjob but nope he's just getting uh, tailored yep so that doesn't count <laughs> i'm fascinated by this um smoking bod demon face thing but maybe it's because i'm I'm fucked up. It might have been a Masters of Horror episode that he. Did. I think it's like 2011 or so. I watched it, and I was like in school at the time. I was like, "This is weird." I I like really <laughs> wanted to get into Dario Argento because Juno liked him. Um, <laughs> and then I, I watched. The <laughs> I just I'm like, Ellen. Um, Juno? specifically the character Juno in Juno is like into it, and I was like, I gotta make. I gotta be cool enough for this fictional character. <laughs> but yeah, that's. Uh, I think that really kind of puts us right at a, a where our age is. Is that we had crushes on the character of Juno? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like we're at the perfect time to for that to be. Oh yeah. Were you like I would? You know, I'd stick around. Poly I would be bleaker. Her. We're, I, we're a couple of poly bleakers yeah. over here. We could start a band together. Yeah. We yeah. can like hang out with a kid sometimes. <laughs> It's ideal. We don't have to go through the Holy pregnancy Jesus. ourselves. Oh, yeah. Just go for a dog and listen to uh, yeah. Moldy Peaches. That, too. I, I was, I've been thinking a lot about Tully recently, which mm. is very... Did you ever see Tully, Josh? I, my fiance Pretty loves good. Yeah. that movie. Uh, I think I've seen pieces I of like it. My, I, I like saw it alone, and then my mom also saw it. She's like, well, it's kind of weird, though, that ending, huh? And I was like, I explained it to her, and she goes, oh... Yeah, it's just like, yeah, it's fun. Oh yeah, that and too, I like. I at the time, like it was like four years ago or so. I was like, it's kind of lame that they play so much Cindy Lauper. Like Cindy Lauper's lame. And then the other day, I listened to that album. I was like, oh, this is really. Wait, what good. are you talking? Yeah, what are you talking about? Lauper rules. I don't know. What can I say? I was wrong. Yeah, I was wrong. T- I was wrong too. <laughs> what have we? Some some misery bullet point that we like. Should I mean we've. We've talked about Dario. We've talked about Jaws. We've I mean, this is the tone of the pod, man. This is it. We're free one. I mean, I don't know. I, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying for shits. Is there something that we should say for the for the people listening at home that we didn't? I mean, you know, hey, we, oh, we yeah, yeah, you get to, uh, right? Well, this is one of those movies where, again, feel, feeling like you know it until you see it, kind of thing. Where you don't. Clearly, you don't. But it's still. No, none of like the, the, I didn't miss any moments. I'm like, yeah, 
I, I pretty much saw all the parts, but something about when you put them together makes it way better. But if you feel like you know Misery in the sense of what happens in it, like I don't want to go through and do a play-by-play because I feel like all of the famous parts are pretty much the only parts. The rest is all dialogue, you know? I will say one thing. I, I think I kind of want to bring it up, and I feel like maybe David Fincher said something to this effect about the girl with the dragon tattoo. Okay. And it's something to the effect of it's like, you know, to Warren Beatty's point, he's like, well, he should be like a tough guy and like fight back with her. And it's like, no, no. The whole point of the movie is there are just these times in your life where like, even though you know you are being threatened and in danger, you have to pretend to be nice because you're just so scared. Yeah. It's like you fake being nice while you calculate how to survive. This is really the like the last Jedi in that way. It's really all about stalling. <laughs> it's about <Yes>. strategy and <laughs> stalling and how failure is not the end, but we get sometimes you just got to eat that loss and move on. Which I don't I don't know where you stand, Josh. Do you, are you a last Jedi fan? I, I'm not much of a Star Wars fan, but I didn't hate I didn't vehemently hate anything about it other than the like the monsters breaking through the bar or whatever. It was like a Oh, at the casino. Creatures in a yeah, desert yeah, yeah. that like yeah, the casino. Yeah, that that part I was kind of like, okay, but I I don't know. Yeah. Poor Ryan Johnson. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, God. that's uh, our our favorite Star Wars is is, is yes, the Last yeah. Jedi. We're not big Star Wars guys either, but that's that's the yeah. one that we were like, ching. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm glad you guys yeah. like it. Ryan so Johnson's red. Oh my Looper. God, knives out. <laughs> yeah, knives out. Knives good. out. I just, I that's the one where I was like. I saw it late, and then I was like, I'm like, oh boy, oh gee, just rich people, and then I was like, oh wait a minute. The the, oh, the oh nurse my gosh, is the, the hero. The, like oh hell yeah, she's yeah. not in any of the marketing. Oh, the commentary, yeah. her house, and immigrants. I mean, it was just that oh, was, yeah. Michael Cannon threatening her yeah. in a hallway. Holy oh, shit! Yeah. Chris so Evans good. was kind of so maybe fun. my MVP yeah. of the movie. I was like, I just I I think he's great. Well, it's <laughs> also a situation where it's like we haven't got to see him act in a while. Like I like Marvel movies well enough, but like we've he's only really. It's done that for a decade. And oh so it's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's just like you know a butt yeah. with a shield, but here. Um, but it was such a great lesson. I think you know, looping it back to you know to scare yes, me, my yeah, film yeah. coming out October first. Um, but it, there it is such a testament to why I think movies hit, and I think part of it that I've something that I've learned. I think it's too. It's like you look at what Key and um, Key and Peele, what to what Jordan Peele did with with get out is if you're not setting out to write something, if you're not writing angry, or you're not writing with that like fire yeah. in your gut, it's not going to hit. If you're just kind of doing something like, you know, cool scenes back to back, you can tell that knives out what drove him was I'm saying something about rich white people and about the service yeah. industry, you know, about the people at the front lines, right? That's always going to be, you know, what, what a great underdog story. And, you know, the heart of the older man who kind of, knew how he'd sort of you know redeem himself um handing off his fortune to this person spoiler alert um and uh i, I and with scare me it was the same thing it was I, I i wrote that movie just after aziz oh, was outed uh, article and it was so fucking disappointing and all the louis shit and weinstein and and all, like all like one hero after another like kevin spacey who i used to be obsessed with and I was just, I was like writing so angry because, you know, there's a lot of entitled shitty white dudes out there yeah. who were more nice yeah. than good. And, um, and who were, and also listening to that little bit in myself of when I've felt overshadowed, especially by uh, um, a woman talent and what that, mm. that icky feeling that you get as a dude kind of is and t- tuning into that and writing 
thing about how angry I am that, you know, people take advantage of women for when they use their voice and when, and when their talent makes someone who looks like me feel threatened. And I was like, that has yeah, that to be, rules. that's what it is. And there were so many email buddies yeah. that were just writing about their experiences where they were sexually abused or taken advantage of, even if it wasn't necessarily sexual, but just in gender dynamics. So fascinating. So if you're not writing that icky feeling or that you're not writing angry, right? Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That that gets me even more excited for Scare Me. And yeah, I, I'm always of the mind that at least, movies in general, but specifically horror movies, need to have that like canister of X to be put in. Like whether it's clearly an analogy or if it's just a feeling, but just like th- this, you know, like again, Dracula was like we're f- – frustrated about tax barons and all that so that turned into count dracula like mm. uh, uh, the wolf man right. is us dealing with our own weird sexuality inside of us and how to balance that like yeah. that canister the stuff i don't get me wrong i also love mindless slasher bullshit as much as the next person too but the ones that are like mount rushmore ones are like based on something more than just this is a cool set piece yes. or this is a cool yes. mask yes. it's it, you have to right have that angry. canister and so that's yes. that's Gosh. very exciting yeah. right yeah. Good um, lesson. Even Black Christmas. I was just watching that, just like holy shit. You know, is it Terry Hatcher? Who's God? Who was the the lead? Who was in Superman? Um, Terry Hatcher. Yeah. Terry Hatcher. That her character. I think that's who who the lead in Black Christmas is. Unless I'm the uh, worst. Uh, that doesn't ever. sound right. But I'm, it's been a while myself, so it could be. But looks yeah, just like um, Lois Lane. But you know, th- like that. Yeah, there was just a fucking awesome vehicle for a strong female yeah. character for a lot of these strong female characters. I mean, it was a you know, very exploitive film in many ways as a lot of the films of course. back in the 70s and 80s. Oh, yeah. But it's also about her ability or like her ability to choose when it comes to the baby, right? Like that's Oh my god, yeah, that whole storyline. Just yeah. like the dude was like, um, no, I think you will think twice. Like, right. you know, it's my decision too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna. I have to write a bunch of music, so come back later. <laughs> that was like I went on a, like a second date to see Rosemary's Baby, which at Nighthawk, which I'd never seen, and me and uh, the lady both had this experience of like, this is hard to watch. <laughs> like, this is like fucking brutal, dude. Yeah. it's so intense. Yeah, yeah and Woman maybe it's just choose. yeah, yeah. It's, or then like the one person who's like, oh, he gets, he's gonna help her. No, he just calls the original doctor. Yeah, and... yeah Charles Grodin. My God, what a fucking phenomenal yeah. moment. Oh, He's my good. gosh. But a great lesson for all you, you know, all you creative boys and girls and uh, boy and girl identifying human beings out oh, there. Oh, yeah. Uh, write angry and you can't go wrong. <laughs> Create Absolutely. That. Awesome. Well, that's, uh, I don't know how much, to, should we wrap it up soon, Josh, or are you... I probably should go back to bed. You know, okay. the All right. fire. Ooh, yeah, sounds like a California disadvantage to me. We <laughs> maybe a little, <laughs> yeah. little early. Sleepy, but well, cool. So, Josh, thank you again. So, so again, we've already we've talked a lot about scare me. Oh wait, we should review and rate yeah. misery. Uh, yeah. This is a very complicated scale. Um, we rate movies on a scale of five: ghosts, gobs, and ghosts, goblins, and ghouls. Is that right, Kid Cinema? Yeah, sometimes we throw Gremlins in there. It's the you know the G yes. ones. <laughs> yes. So I'm gonna I'm gonna well, I'll rate the movie first. My opinion: this is three ghosts, one ghoul, and one ghost writer. Wow. Totally. Five. Wow. Yeah, I'll go uh, two goblins, two ghouls, and half a ghost. Just shot. It's, it's I I can't. Perfect is is a strong 
thing for me sometimes, but it's so damn close. It's it's really good. A quarter ghost, uh, three quarter troll, and three goblins. Great, um, terrific, one because you know Annie is Annie. Annie makes Annie is this movie, and she's she's the best goblin of all. Well, I think oh, she's a, well. Yeah, well, that's interesting. She is a goblin because this is his pre-troll society, right? If this, I know. Well, I guess yeah. Oh, would would it be better to reverse that and do a quarter quarter goblin, three trolls, and a you know and a half a ghost? But just speaking of canisters and stuff, yeah, I'm sure there's been an anthology television series with this premise. But yeah, somebody should do some horror movie about troll, like the concept of trolling. Oh, I just Ooh. thought, guys, everybody's got to watch Rabbit Hole, the New York Times podcast. Holy shit! After you're done listening to our episode. That needs to be. They need to make the social network for like scary, sweaty troll boys. It's the ultimate horror movie. Wait, it's a movie or it's a. You guys need to write it. It's just like Spree meets the social network meets, you know. <clears throat> yeah, just. All right. We will write a movie about online trolls. Yeah, yeah. PewDiePie, bro, bro army, like scary ass fucking. It's so phenomenal. Moving one of the first times I was in this new roommate, my roommate's just playing PlayStation Live, Dude. and there's these guys just his like headphones come unplugged, and this guy just goes like, "I'm," he just says stuff, and he's like, "I mean, like if someone is the blank, I'm gonna call them a blank, cause like you gotta call it out." And my roommate's just like, "Can you believe?" Like he's just like, "Yeah, yeah." What? He, and it's just uh, this like the casual like. I called it out. I mean, I did like a video making fun of like evil troll gamers, like anti girls, anti my mom, hashtag, hashtag. And Thomas Middleditch responded, he's like, "This is why I don't play live anymore." Yeah. And he's a huge gamer. I, I mean, I, I haven't played live in fifteen years. Um, but like when you know it was they would it was back when you know kids would just call you fag and then you just block them. But now I can't imagine. Yeah. I can't I... imagine what it is. I was saying earlier, uh, uh, yesterday I got not only my first death threat, my first 300 death threats Whoa. on TikTok because I made a video where I was like making fun of, it's like, well, I work at Antifa and it's a pretty good job, but sometimes no one shows up on time. You know, just uh, sure. Yeah. It's not a real company. It's like, yeah. And people were just like, come to Louisiana. We could do some more target practice or that or wow. the. How well, and then this is, here's there's the thing. No one tells you how repetitive death threats get. <laughs> They're not original. They're not funny. 500 people told me, aren't you late to your shift at McDonald's? Yeah. And I just said, no, they wouldn't hire me. <laughs> yeah, wow. that's my problem. I, f I, I can't not engage. Like, I can't let things go unanswered. So, uh, yeah, I would just, even if it's not about being right or, or, or being smart, or even owning their ass, I'll just I I'll, I'll just have to come back to be like, hey, let me ask you some sort of question about empathy, like, and I just it'll be yeah. a never ending oh, thing. Same. Same. I I've had a couple. What one troll who who I've blocked a couple times and came back a third time to say he was gonna, he oh my god, it was such a Stephen King. It was beautiful prose. He said, I'm going to like I'm going to rip you up and tear you until there's nothing mm. it was like not nothing left right but until i'll tear you until there's nothing or something and then sent me a a clip of a halo video where he's like this is me and this is you you're the <laughs> demon that he's curb stomping into like a rock yeah um oh. and and usually like that that person i just you know blocked it was technically a death threat but there was someone else who just came at me for some anti-trump shit and i just asked them if they were okay yeah and after oh, wow. three exchanges um i put this up on my instagram 
he came back after a couple of days of taking a break from the internet and apologized. Wow. And so, wow. A dark place. so guaranteed, and this is this is always going to be the through line, regardless of you know what your experience that on the negative side on the internet or anywhere else. If someone's going out of their way to make you feel bad or to scare you, it's because they are scared and they yeah. feel bad. So yeah. was, if you show empathy and you, you know, you were, you respond with love to sound like Tony <laughs> Robbins, you truly do get movement. A yeah. lot of them, these are a lot of people who, you know, didn't have the dad to, sh- to show them the guiding light or, or were out of control um, and didn't have that attention. So we're trying to get that attention and trying to maintain that control by reaching out and being heard. And Milana Weintraub, who's the star of Werewolves Within, that, that my next movie, was constantly trolled for her looks, for her breasts. She, she There was just a Vulture article about her basically wanting like, that everyone to sort of leave her alone. And when she does confront these guys one-on-one, they go, well, what do you think? Or, or what, why do you care what I think? And it's such a wonderful, beautiful point. That's that sums up the whole concept of why they're attacking, right? Yeah. No one cares what I think, so why would you come after them? She's going, no, no, you're a human being. Why are you doing this? Yeah. So the, you know, the reality is, if any of them were in, you know, an auditorium at school for a talk about sexual harassment or bullying, it would be dead silent. But <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm so worried about having kids, is that the 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 kids now are growing up with parents whose heads were in phones. So yeah, and, and the social courage goes out the window. So rarely will they have the call it courage to troll someone in person or call someone out in person. But once they get behind the screen, it's you know all the all bets are off. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, I, yeah, I you know through various neighborhood activities, I like have more like adult friends with like anywhere from like seven year olds to thirteen year old kids, yeah. and they'll just say stuff like, oh, "We discovered our daughter's." fake and sexy Instagram and then my wife made a fake Instagram in order to to follow it and make sure she's not posting too many naked photos slash suicide and like we don't think she's actually suicidal she's just sad about a boy or not getting invited to a birthday party and she's like looking for attention but like when do we cross the line and let her know that we saw that yep and it's just so much or you know this seven-year-old this uh that one of my friends has I just casually opened my phone and checked Instagram and he lit up like he's like, is that Instagram? Wow. And he's like, like, a, he's just like, I'm not allowed to look at Instagram. I'm like, oh, OK. So I put my phone yeah. away. Oh, it's scary. It's just, yeah. You've got woods to take them to. I actually had this like going into my own brain fantasy moment of if I had a kid and I had to like take the phone away for a week because I found something off. I'd be like, cool. No phone for a week. No, no, for a week. We're going to the mountains. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like you get in your body and you get out of your head. And so that you, you realize the importance of like whatever, seeing the bugs and walking up the side of the hill. And you mm. got to do that from an early age. And they truly are. I mean, you know, not to get preachy, but kids really are growing up in the age of their parents grew up with their heads and phones. I remember 15 years ago, 10 years ago, I had an executive producer at a commercial place I was rep by who said, I have to, I have to take a break from my phone for a while. Cause my daughter asked me why she wasn't paying attention to me that my head was in my phone all the time Wow! and that was 10 years ago and she was you know whatever six so as a 16 year old you can imagine what attention she's seeking what her relationship to phones are and blah 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 it's you got to look out for that shit and you know too on the flip side i worked at uh like a year or two ago like a very high-end west village italian restaurant and one of the things that just like scared me the most was just like 
well, this is an expensive dinner, but we have to bring our two-year-old. So, like, put an iPad in yep. front of them for, like, two yep. hours. And it's yep. just, like, you they use that as, like, a, it's like heroin or something to just, like, yeah. knock the kid out. Well, yeah. it's, it's, them. it's the cable guy thing, right? Where TV was the babysitter for so long. And I'm sure the same right. conversation was happening about TV 50 years ago or whatever. Yeah. But, like, that's... Uh, obviously, I'm not saying it's the same, and we shouldn't think about it. It's it's obviously heightened. It's it's even weirder because it's everywhere now, and it's everyone. But uh, but and then I think too to that point, like I think I feel I I think of myself as a moral person, and I had no church influence. Mm. My parent, my dad was super atheist, but I was like, I don't know. I just watched a lot of sitcoms. Yeah, and, and the moral of everyone is like, you got to be nice. Exactly. To <laughs> I just witnessed a lot of examples of like that was rude of you. Yeah, and. And too, even like you earlier, Josh, you mentioned just having a lot of female friends at a young age, and mm-hmm. and I think because I did like a lot of like theater at a young age, and mm-hmm. there, you know, it's it's mostly girls, I guess. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. my dad was always just like, "You have a lot of female friends." I'm like, "Uh, yeah, I I don't know. They're there, and we just <laughs> they like me, and uh-huh. what? It was just so much weird." You're a good man, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's what's interesting is whenever we talk about like, hey, why is this person um, the bare minimum of respectful for people? Oh, it must be because of their upbringing. It's like, no, no, it's (laughs) I just uh, it's, uh, you know, I'm not saying that it takes a lot of effort or choice to to, to be decent. But sometimes it does feel like people are distinctly choosing the other route uh, as opposed to just, you know, being chill and to kind of similar. I feel like. You know, similar what Josh was saying, it's like they're just like they've put themselves in the villain category. Right. Like, I ha- well, fuck yeah. it. Everyone thinks I'm an asshole, and it's like I'm done. It's like there's just no compassion shown. It's yeah, like, they'll all get older and they'll all realize it. But the scary thing is, you know, it's all the years leading up to that. So it's the most important thing is to show empathy and to make sure that people get in their bodies and get you know yeah. get out get out of their heads and off the screen. Which know? is just Take a deep breath, look around the room. Infinitely more difficult currently um dude hopefully we'll all be so done with it yeah the rubber band effect to be like cool we never want to be in our homes again (laughs) (laughs) now everybody now the woods are crowded yeah oh yeah awesome well josh is there anything else you want to plug before we go Scare me out on October 1st I'm not sure when this episode drops but uh check it out shutter in time don't you worry yeah get that free trial you know, Ooh. they didn't Shutter, give baby. they didn't give you like a use your like use type in scare me for a free thing, did they? No, but ah. they better. <laughs> Shutter has a rad seven day trial. So oh, just in general, right? Yeah, gotcha. sign up for the oh, very... trial, check it out, and then you know if you like it, there's a lot of a lot of good shit on there. Oh yeah, Shutter rules. The Riders, Dracula, or Ooh, Blues, yeah. whatever. Yeah, and you know what? I, I, this is very cruel of me, but Josh, I gotta put you on the spot. What are you going as for Halloween? Oh, I'm going as PizzaGate, dude. I'm gonna dress up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going as hot dog on the right and cheese pizza on the left. You know what I mean? Oh my like, goodness! Oh wow! Yeah, I just oh, learned man. what that is. So you know, come at me. Come at me, cringe turd forty four. <laughs> I don't we don't want to go too far into pizza gate but one of my friends was like yeah like I train at this gym with all these like teenagers and they're always like hey man you gotta get into pizza gate like, uh, okay and I don't know what to think of that I don't know if my I just don't know if yeah, he's, so, I don't know it's so scary everything is wrong 
Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, JZT, yeah. do you have plans? I think let's end on Halloween uh, costumes, and we'll, we'll, then we can wrap up. Uh, let's watch the yeah. You want me to reference the uh, code for child pornography and then uh, sign off? <laughs> yeah. I just learned it. I'm I'm like a kid who found a new word. Um, now you can't say cheese pizza. <laughs> it's phenomenal. Uh... Cancel culture is interesting. Um, <laughs> Wait, Jason, you're going as cancel culture for Halloween, right? Is that right? I'm going to go yeah, as cancel culture, yeah. It's or no, I'm going to go as a discourse on cancel culture, <laughs> and it's just going to be like a giant legal pad. With like... Oh, or the alt-right and the alt-left, but you're two-faced. So oh, that's good. Trump stuff on the right, or uh, Biden stuff on the... Opposite, uh, opposite. I am, of course, I'm going as Cop Kamala Harris. <laughs> <laughs> Sexy Cop Kamala Harris? <laughs> well, of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Maybe I'll go as Bob Woodward and just, like, show up a month later. Like, oh, I shit. Know. I missed the party. I had a costume. Yeah. I just Halloween costumes don't have don't enough uh, theatrical conception to them. I think we should yes. definitely do things like that. Suit and a lot of resentment. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, we, we've been doing a lot of bits, a lot of jokes, but let's be serious. We're all going as Tiger King. Right? <laughs> no, Carol. Uh, I'm Carol Baskins. Carol Baskins. You can be. Kate McKinnon. She's going to play her when she's younger, and I can't wait. Oh, wow. Ooh. Oh, they're making a real movie or show, right? I think it's a series, yeah. And when she's younger and when she theoretically killed her husband and started to get involved with uh, Joe. Carol Baskin has some uh, Annie Wilkes energy. She totally. Oh, dude. Wow, yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. What are the odds of me killing him for money? Like, that is so crazy. No, no. Well, guys, we talked almost the length of the film Misery. Oh yes, an hour and twenty three minutes. It's really we did it. Phenomenal. We are we're we're on the stretch. Oh to guys, the... yeah, I just got. I'm getting word. We're get, Guinness is calling. This is the world's longest <laughs> podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, not to be. There was uh. In do you ever do UCB movie cram, Josh? Oh, I Matt. What's yeah? The, used to email Matt Kleiman, Yeah, it was so fun and cool and inspiring. And I think the first or second year they like. They're like, oh, we like we. They wanted to get into the Guinness World Book of Records, but didn't technically do something right the first year. So the second year, they like, like advertised it, like followed all these rules, and like a New York Times journalist came to watch it, and like he was just like the weird, like you know, an older guy took all these notes on pencil and paper, and like had it was just great. I don't know. <laughs> that sounds rad. It's just like one great. of those. Oh, this is a character. This is a specific. New York Times writer who's like, I don't believe in computers. Journalism <laughs> is on pen and paper, and I witness with my eyes. I mean, sometimes I feel like that. There have been times I've made notes in my phone and then went to go copy those notes into a notebook because I feel like I'll I'll have a better chance of like discovering that than I would ever the notes in my phone. Like it's easier for me to remember where my notebook is oh, yeah. than find it on my phone. Sometimes get out of your get into your bodies, right? That's what we're talking about. Get into your bodies. Yeah. Anyway, time with my Evernote. One time with my first serious girlfriend, I, I had had a crush on her like in college. And she's like, oh, are these your journals? Like, uh -oh. let me see. Am uh -oh. I in it? I'm like, no. And I did. I literally on page like, I have such a crush on her. Ah, boy. Like, she's like, she's read that sentence. I go, no. And I grabbed it and threw it across the room. Wow. <laughs> I was like, no. It was, uh, it was vulnerable. Uh, the days of social courage, passing letters and eye contact. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I, I got yeah, 
I've been working on eye contact. I feel like I'm doing pretty good. Hell I'm yeah. looking at both of you guys right now. <laughs> right the computer. in the cam. All right. Well, Josh, thank you so much again for doing this. Guys, it was a real pleasure. Uh, and uh, hey, stay safe out there. Hey, you, you too. too. All right. And Scaredy Cats, with that, you know what we got to say now. We love you. Telling the truth can be dangerous business. Lying and podcasting go hand in hand. If you admit you were scared of a movie, then I was scared too could be your jam.